Welcome to the CFN Podcast. Alright, what's going on podcast? This is your host CJ Campbell and welcome to the CFN podcast. Guys, today uh, you all pretty much know by now how much I hate pre-workout, so you know why not talk about it again for another topic, right? So today we are going to go over a banned substance back from I think about 2012. I have it written down here, but we're going to go over all that. It is called DMAA, the long scientific name. I took about 20 minutes to learn how to pronounce this damn thing. It's pronounced dimethylamine. Okay, it's DMAA. That's just the uh, acronym for it. Today we're going to talk about what it is, how it came to be on the market, what it's made from, uh, what products it's in, stuff like that. And you guys would be shocked. There's also alternatives to it because it did end up getting banned. So we're going to go over what the common name is for it since it is banned and where it still can be found. So what brands still kind of use it, right? That's what we're going to go over today. So I'm just going to start with the basic outlining information. Of course, guys, I'm not suggesting that you take pre-workouts. I'm just going to say that now. I hate them. I think they're the dumbest thing in the world. I think you're paying $50 pretty much for the jitters. And I just think it's stupid and there's healthier more beneficial alternatives okay i'm just gonna say that now but anyway dmaa let's get to it what is it it is an ingredient in a lot of pre-workouts it was introduced to the market believe about 10 years ago some of the research studies i was going over it said like 8 10 8.5 stuff like that since we are in 2020 and those articles were written in 2019 and 2018 i just kind of rounded it up to 10 so we're going to go with that. It usually acted as a potent stimulant. So when people were actually, so let me just say this was created in a lab, okay? It's not natural. So what that means is it, it's pretty much synthetic and people combine a bunch of different shit to create this DMA, DMAA, sorry. And what they pretty much were going for is what can we use as an extremely powerful stimulant that's a lot in my case, I'm going to say worse, but for some people, it might be like more beneficial to get people to feel more energy, you know, to chase the gains, the pump, whatever the hell you want to categorize it as, that's up to you. So researchers and scientists were trying to find out a way to, as quickly as possible, kind of differentiate themselves by using the synthetic formulas of different combined substances. And that's what DMAA pretty much um came to be as and it is a derivative of amphetamines you guys know that amphetamines are illegal so this will pretty much end up being illegal also you guys can kind of foreshadow that yourselves but anyway they were kind of trying to create an extremely potent stimulant and it did become extremely popular with athletes and bodybuilders because obviously it did raise energy levels and it did make you feel focused kind of like the regular sort of feelings you get when you take you know regular pre-workout right it's no different from that it just pretty much times 10 that's all it's pretty much on steroids and um, what we're trying to do here is just explain to you 
why this is bad and why the synthetic part of it is extremely bad and why it ended up getting banned. So, the names, it does have different names where you can find it under different nutrition labels. And let me just say real quick, I was reading, and this is just a fun fact for you guys. Uh, it was introduced back in 1944 and it was actually made as a nasal congestion uh, medicine, I, I believe. So that's what all the research articles said. It ended up, I think it just kind of fell off the market. I can't remember from reading. I should have wrote it down. But it kind of fell off the market. It got reintroduced, I think, back in the 90s, maybe. And then it got real big on the market around like 2012, stuff like that, 2014, around there. And that's when the FDA really started stepping in. And as soon as it came out, they kind of stepped in and started banning it, looking for brands that had it. They started banning those. And they've kind of been back and forth in the courts ever since. At least that's what I've read from articles back around like 2015. And let me just tell you guys, when you're reading research, this is something I learned back in school. 2015 isn't that long ago when it comes to research. Because a lot of stuff still stands to this day. Now, if I was quoting stuff back from like the 80s or whatever, yeah, that's probably some outdated shit, okay? But... You guys need to realize that even if I do quote something from 2014, 2015, even 2016 like or something like that, maybe 2012, you guys got to remember that that's not that long ago. It's still within 10 years, so it's still pretty much new in the research world. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there now. So you guys pretty much will not find, you might actually, but 99% of the time you won't find DMAA strictly written on a nutrition label why because it's banned the fdi stepped in and they started banning it and they started banning the name so what did companies do they started going around it and they started finding different names so i'm actually just going to list i have a list here written down of just some of the easier pronounced names <laughs> okay i couldn't pronounce all of them so i wrote down the ones that i could uh just the regular uh dimethylamine i believe that's how you say it there's 1,3 DMAA, that's pretty much a strict uh, ingredient that it was, or not an ingredient, a strict label that was banned on nutrition labels. Uh, methylhexamine, that's another one that it's pretty much categorized under. Geranamine, okay, it sounds like geraniums, I'll tell you guys in a second. And the other one I wrote down is 4-methyl-2-hexylamine, okay, those are just different names i'm not going to go over those again because i'm not going to try to pronounce those <laughs> okay i think i got them right so i'm not going to mess it up and a study from the bmc pharmacology and toxicology uh research in 2013 actually concluded that dmaa is twice as powerful as caffeine why because the effect is much much longer it's much more longer than caffeine it's much more longer than uh, like beta alanine, glutamine, stuff like that that's usually included in regular pre-workouts. So they did conclude that. I'm not going to go over the entire research study. I don't want to bore you guys. I know some of you might find it interesting and want more information, but if you do, go on those research websites and uh, read them for yourself. So I'm not going to go over that just because we'd be here forever. All right. And again, is DMAA actually banned? Like, is it seriously just banned from everything? It pretty much is. So in 2012, like I said, FDA, they actually started a campaign to remove all of DMAA-containing products on shelves, on websites, everything. So they were really cracking down. And what they actually did was they tried sending out warnings first to the companies that were using them because you, you really don't want to go down and just, like, screw someone's shit up, right? You don't want to just break down the door and tell them no because they're probably not going to listen to you. 
So what they tried doing first was the approach of sending out warnings, which is pretty smart, and it's kind of courteous. You know, they wanted to take the professional route, and so what they did was they sent out these warnings, but of course, most of these companies, if you guys know anything about the supplement industry at all, and how saturated it currently is, and how shitty it is currently, you guys can pretty much tell that they pretty much were focused on money and not what people were putting in their bodies. So they wanted to just make like their quick money and get out, and they didn't really care what people were ingesting or putting in their own systems, even though it can severely lead to detrimental side effects that I'll go over soon. Uh, so they were issued these warnings. Obviously, they ignored them. It has also, so DMAA, it's not just an issue in the U.S. and Canada, because it's already been banned here and there. It has also been declared illegal in the U.K., Brazil, Australia, Sweden, and New Zealand. Okay? It's not just banned here. <laughs> it's it's basically international, and it's an international problem. Which is basically, it's, a lot of it has been resolved, but a lot of it has taken different shape and different names. So we'll go over that. It has also been banned by WADA, W-A-D-A, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency, for their use in sporting competitions. Like I said earlier, athletes would use it because they're increased focus, energy levels. They would feel like they want to run through a freaking brick wall, right? <laughs> and if you're an athlete listening to this right now, uh, if you weren't, I think, I don't know, I'm just going to say between like 13 and 16 and you didn't have pre-workout at least once or some some uh, shady kid on your team didn't give you some that you had no idea what was in it before a game or practice, then uh, sorry, but you <laughs> you pretty much didn't have any fun because it was fun to feel those feelings and it was fun you know, to feel itchy and ready to go, but as you get older and you take it, it's, it's actually extremely detrimental if you continuously take it. Now, if you take it once you know, every couple years, or whatever, that's fine, but I'm going to go over some side effects here where people actually took regular doses of it. It's not like they took five scoops and they, they just kind of died, but they just continuously took the regular amount when they would go work out. So we'll go over that later, but the World Anti-Doping Agency, Agency did uh, ban them from sporting competitions, and when they would go over drug tests, okay, obviously it wouldn't come up as DMAA, right? It would come up as the methylhexamine. It's what it comes up as on a drug test. So if you did take it and you were taking pre-workouts and stuff like that before you would get drug tested by your college, protein, whatever, whoever tests those substances, that's what it would come up as if you had it in your system. Okay. And the manufacturers, of course, they went back and argued. They, they didn't want to hear it. They thought it was natural. They didn't want to be blamed for it being synthetic. So what they did was they argued that it occurred naturally in geranium flowers, which is pretty common. I don't know shit about flowers. I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you know a lot and you're listening right now or if you know what a geranium is, then you can picture it in your own head. Anyway, they said that it was the naturally occurring substance that was in geranium flowers. And I think it was a Chinese article or maybe Chinese researchers uh, did something like that in the U.S., and they came back and they said it was natural and all this and that, but again, it was loosely researched, and the FDA basically declared it false And back in 2013 in a study just because other independent researchers went out and kind of did their own thing and then reported back to the FDA, and they, they kind of intertwined. So they declared it was false, and although it does remain banned, companies do use a name. It's called uh, geranamine. 
I believe that's how it's pronounced, geranamine. So you can still see that on some like herbal supplement labels. Uh, it's not as common on pre-workout labels anymore from what I was reading just because it's so loosely researched that the FDA pretty much cracked down on it and they're just like, yeah, this, this, uh, this isn't working. So they banned all that, they banned the name, and it used to be found on a lot of pre-workout labels to bypass the law, right? So again, they found ways to get over it and it did have pretty detrimental side effects. Um, let me just say for you guys right now, like I said earlier, their goal was to create an extremely potent stimulant, right? They wanted something stronger than caffeine. And by the way, one cup of caffeine, I believe, stays in your system, I think, like four hours, three or four hours, I think, somewhere around there. Um, I don't know. I said that in a different podcast, I believe. But if you take that into account, if you base it, if we're basing it off of a regular cup of coffee right now, for DMAA, the regular amount of life in your body that DMAA has, first of all, it takes eight minutes to absorb into your bloodstream directly. And then what happens is it stays in your body for about eight and a half hours. So if you're someone listening right now that usually works out at like eight or nine o'clock at night and you take a pre-workout that does have this in it or like a trace of it from a different substance or a blend, that's going to be in your body for almost eight hours, nine hours. Like that's, that's just how it is. And that probably, <laughs> that's probably the reason why, you know, you're, you're taking Snapchats and Instagram stories at 3 a.m. saying you can't sleep, right? And that's what it usually comes down to is when you're taking these caffeinated supplements or these stimulated supplements, this is what happens. It stays in your body so you don't feel tired. Some of you guys might take pre-workouts and you might not even feel it during your workout, but then you feel it afterwards and you can't go to sleep. You feel focused. You feel energized. But guess what? Your workout's over, right? So you take it even longer before it, it doesn't matter. The fact that it stays in your body for almost nine hours, it doesn't matter if you take it two hours before your workout, during your workout, whenever you sip on it or drink it, uh, it's, it's going to be there. And I was reading in a research article that it usually takes 24 hours to completely get out of your body. Okay, so I, I, I'll be honest with you guys, those of you that take pre-workout supplements, I don't know about other ones and specific ones because that's not really the goal of this podcast here, but damn, like you guys got to really, really research what you're putting in your body and how long it stays there because it, it really is pretty shitty. Um, and it's something that I don't advise my own athletes to really take. And I'm just going to say a side note right here. Uh, it's It really sucks walking. This has nothing to do with DMAA. I'm just talking out loud here. It really sucks walking into a high school gym. And this is how weird I am. I look inside the garbage cans. Why? Because I care about nutrition. I care about high school kids' nutrition, especially for the athletes. I'm not saying the other kids don't matter, because they do. But for athletes, if you're a coach or if you're a strength and conditioning coach, why are you not taking the the crazy amount of time to make sure your athletes are fueling their bodies right? And I get it. If you're not a registered dietitian or certified or anything like that, you really can't force them to do anything. But even if you help them make recommendations... My coach in high school used to ban like fast food and chips and certain types of Powerade and pop in our locker room. And we, <laughs> we've all seen it firsthand where someone walks in with a bag of chips or like a Pepsi from Wendy's or a lemonade from Wendy's and it gets slapped out of their hand or they take it and then they have consequences like running or they make the whole team skate or run like that. I've been part of that firsthand. So I think making rules and consequences like that are completely necessary. 
but I will literally walk into the gyms now and I will look in the garbage can where these like 300 high school athletes come in because I lift at night myself because I wait till all the athletes are out of the gym, right? So I'll come in and look in all the garbage cans and there's bang energy drinks, there's single serving powder packets of like beyond raw lit or like ghost pre-workout and um, stuff like that, you know, anything dealing with stimulants or caffeine really and if an athlete if it look if a 17 year old kid came up to me and said hey coach i had a cup of coffee or a cup of tea before i came here i wouldn't see anything because there is benefits to coffee there is benefits to tea and i'm not going to go over all those but i think coaches just need to realize and take the extra time to like do stuff about that because it is detrimental i I really don't think a 17 year old needs to be drinking a can of bang before they go through a workout with an with an uncertified and uneducated coach um where they really don't get a lot of work done anyway so that's just my two cents we're going to move on to the side effects here uh it does dmaa does stay in your body for about eight and a half hours that is proven they did do tests on that that was a research article i believe done by Oh, man, what was it? I believe it was the U.S. Library of Medicine. I have another one in here, too. I think on the next page of my notes here. But anyway, other side effects. I have about four written down here, four or five. First of all, it does increase your heart rate and blood pressure. That happens a lot with other pre-workouts, too. This one, uh, there was a couple There was a couple tests where they did look at uh, people dying actually and there i think there's only been five related deaths to dmaa and they are loosely researched so i didn't really want to pin that on you guys listening right now because that's kind of unfair and just kind of throwing out a lot of information but people they, they did test with people back in i believe 2014 i have written down here and when they did consume normal serving size before workouts they would measure their blood pressure and heart rate and it was extremely extremely increased Right, because again, going back to what I said earlier, the goal of DMAA when people made this, uh, it was to create a extremely potent stimulant, and it's basically a synthetic drug. That's what it is. It's it's basically a synthetic drug. Um, so it also did cause nausea and vomiting. In a study, 15% of 56 participants, I don't know the exact number because I suck ass at math, uh, they experienced both after consuming DMAA-related supplements. All right, I don't know about you guys, but like after a hard leg day, I understand if you feel a little sick, but damn, if I drank something and I felt sick after the first couple moves or exercises in a workout, like I would completely blame the supplement. And I know everyone's different and everyone kind of digests everything different and your tolerance is different. Like if you take pre-workout every day right now, first of all, that's freaking terrible uh, and you should probably stop. And second of all, some of you guys just may be more resilient to stuff like pre-workout and caffeine and all that so uh take that for what it's worth nausea and vomiting not something i'd want to really deal with during a workout i've experienced those as a coach and a player myself so those are never fun things to have happen okay brain bleeding that's actually (laughs) it's it's really terrible and it is how it sounds so i was seeing something they actually looked at a kid who had he had died uh two deaths have actually been reported from brain bleeding and both of these they analyzed what happened and what their nutrition nutrition was like and what their habits were like they were combining dmaa related supplements with caffeine so maybe they were having like a couple cups of coffee a day which is already around like two to three hundred grams of caffeine and let me just say the recommended daily amount for a healthy 
uh, adult is between like two to 400 grams of caffeine a day. I think a Bang Energy has like 250 to 300 in it. So already right there, you're pretty much consuming. Now, if you imagine taking a DMAA-related supplement, it probably has close to like 250, 300 in it. Also, including all of the synthetic stimulants that they probably pumped into it. So um, it was probably combined with caffeine, they said. And they said one of the deaths reported was also tied to alcohol use too. They didn't say how much or how consistent. They just said the person was also using alcohol at the same time um, that they were taking this and they were drinking caffeine. So take that for what it's worth. Brain bleeding, uh, something we definitely want to want to stay away from. <laughs> okay, I, I really don't have to go over how bad that is. So moving on, I think the worst thing that could happen obviously is death, but heart attacks too. Um, in 2014, yeah, here it is. The U.S. National Library of Medicine, they conducted an investigation into a 22-year-old man who actually reported weeks of chest pain. So he was working out, and he kept going to the doctors, they said, and he was reporting signs of chest pain. They didn't know what to do for him because he was 22, he was healthy, all that kind of stuff, right? And he, at the time, he was taking a regular dose of, it's called Jacked. I don't think it's on the market anymore. But um, it's a pretty strong pre-workout, I guess. It's spelled J-A-C-K, and it's the number three, and then the letter D. So jacked with a letter three. I don't, I don't know. But I didn't really see if it was on the market anymore. But he would take that before he worked out. And eventually what happened was, after weeks of chest pain, the left side of his heart actually failed. And he had a heart attack. Um, I wasn't able to read the full article because he had to pay for it. It's kind of shitty. But uh, I did read the conclusion. It did not say that he died, which is a good thing. But he did have a heart attack at 22 years old. Now, I don't know about you guys, but unless you're extremely obese and under really weird genetic circumstances, that usually never even is close to happening. Okay, it's not really common at all to have a heart attack whatsoever at that age. I'm 22 right now, and I'm just sitting here shaking my head. So we can always go back to relating it to supplements. I truly believe that. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, and just another reason why, you, even if it's at a regular dose, you guys shouldn't take that stuff. Seriously, it just it just messes with your nervous system. It messes with your sleep patterns, just your, your own psychology. Like, it, it's just, it's horrible. Uh, so that's... Those are basically the four main ones that I found. It does narrow your blood vessels, which does end up obviously uh, leading to blood pressure issues, all kinds of stuff like that, chest pain, um, all those kind of issues that fall under heart attack, stuff like that. So those are the main ones that I found that I definitely wanted to list for you guys. And that's basically DMAA. And... <laughs> It's still found in some of the pre-workouts that I'm going to list for you guys here. But like I said earlier, they do use different names for it now. So those names that I listed at the beginning of the podcast, those are the common ones that you'll find on labels still. So always, always, always please check if you're going to buy a pre-workout that they don't have that. There's also an ingredient called dendrobium. Okay, it's a traditional Chinese medicinal herb. And it has closely related effects to DMAA. Mostly because there's a company, I forget what it's called, um, I should have wrote it down. It's used in a Dendrobex blend, okay, and it's combined with other stimulants too. So a company actually created this Dendrobex blend, and what they did was they sold it to different companies to use in their pre-workouts. Why? Because it's not DMAA and it wasn't banned, because it's 
basically it falls under a traditional medicinal herb. That's what it is. So until it's banned, it has lots of suspicion, but people still use it today. Uh, basically, guys, that, that's all I have for you. I just wanted to go over DMAA. I could go over different ingredients of pre-workout all day if I wanted to, but I'm not. So the takeaway that I really want you guys uh, to understand from this podcast today is FDA doesn't regulate exact amounts of ingredients in supplements, okay? If caffeine on a label on a pre-workout says 100 grams of caffeine or 150, it might have like 300. You guys never know. Um, the blends that people use today and the, the artificial flavors and ingredients that they pump in, those all take into account too. And you guys really need to be aware of what you're buying and how your body reacts to it. So uh, I'm just going to say that there. And use the pre-workouts with caution. The, the FDA itself doesn't really regulate it. They just kind of regulate if something is classified as unnatural or synthetic drug. They will always step in and kind of ban it and kind of hunt those down and ban them too. And they will send warnings out, like I said earlier, but it's not like they regulate every single ingredient that goes into supplements, whether it's whey protein, creatine, pre-workout, it, it doesn't matter. Companies just go along with whatever they want. That's just how the system works. Um, to be honest with you guys, the last takeaway I have is just just don't take it. Just don't take pre-workout. I don't let my athletes come in with pre-workout. If they take it sitting in their car, then that's that. But I never let them bring it into the gym. I never let them bring cans of stuff in. It's banned just like my coaches did with me. It's not needed. It's not useful. And if you're young, you really don't need pre-workout. It's all in your head. Okay. I understand that some people take it like power lifters and all that. but And serious bodybuilders. But really guys, it's it just comes down to pushing yourself and just focusing I know it might help you focus, but there's so many bad side effects that it's really not worth it in the end, and it's not worth your time, seriously. So take that for what it's worth, guys. Uh, we got about 25 minutes in here for the podcast. That's where I'm going to end it today. I hope you enjoyed it. Probably in the future, I'll go over more pre-workout ingredients as the time goes on. I do like researching this stuff for you guys only because I have so many friends and family that do use pre-workouts. Oh, I actually almost forgot. Um... Some of the, where do I have it written down at? Oh, some of the pre-workouts today. These are three big brands that still use um, DMAA-related products, whether it's the Dendrobex blend or other stuff like that. So the three companies that I have here is Bucked Up. That includes the, the Woke AF. I've never taken any of those before, but I know it's huge on like social media, and GNC has it. Uh, Sparta Nutrition. I believe their pre-workout is called the Kraken. So if you guys have ever heard or taken that, that's what it is. And the most, the one that actually opened my eyes a lot was the Beyond Raw Lit. I think that's a GNC brand. I don't know. But they actually do use a blend of it. I saw it in the ingredients. And if you search it, it's in there. That's what it is. It's the Beyond Raw Lit pre-workout. So those are the big three that I listed for you guys. If you do some research, you might be able to come up with some more. Just make sure you're reading labels. Be safe, train hard, just focus and do what you need to do. Don't rely on supplements, all right? That's my two cents. We're going to wrap it up here today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate the, the plays, the views, the feedback, everything like that. So thank you so much, and I'll see you guys on the next podcast.